Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. I want to talk about Christ. There was a particular picture where he reaches down into the water and he doesn't, you don't know under who the person is under the water. Uh, You see his hand breach the surface of the water and uh, in the image of the artist, that he's reaching down and pull and to, for whoever's under the water to take their hand. So it suggests that there's this moment of hope where you can reach up, grab his hand, and then reach the surface and and um, enjoy the blessings of air again because you may feel like you're drowning. And that moment of hope is something that's very powerful because every day that you wake up that you have hope is another day that you can work to overcome your weaknesses. And much of recovery is the journey of the spiritual man, the spiritual man overcoming the natural man. The natural man is one who yields to the enticings of the flesh, things like pride, opulence, overindulgence, carnality, sensuality. Those are things that the the natural man pursues. He may even pursue things such as glamour, fame, prestige, power. And in that process of feeling that power, he may feel that he's very important. And so the social circles that empower, that give him that sense of power are what he seeks. And they may not be healthy or lead to a path of peace or recovery for him. So the journey of the spiritual man is to overcome the things of this world that distract or pull you down into despair. And this is a tough journey. It's, if we look at a disease... You have to have a diagnosis. Then you have to have medicine to help repair the disease or some sort of treatment that will reduce the effects of that disease. And then you start into that recovery where the disease no longer plagues or causes suffering upon you. And and you, no one likes the disease. It's... It's not something that you feel like you need in your life. It's something that you want to overcome. And you don't even like it. But as you're in the process of, for the effects of the disease on your life, then it, it, affects the way you think, it affects your behavior, 
It affects your choices. But those choices all have consequences. You can become get into a codependent scenario where you believe that in order for you to be happy, you need those particular things. And just as the cardinal man believes that he needs power, he needs prestige, he needs the appearance of glory without having the substance of glory or power. He then appears to look good, but in essence, have nothing. Almost like the Pharisees we were talking about yesterday. They looked good. They appeared good. They dressed in ritual outfits like the Levites. They were viewed as the law giver or interpreters of the law. And maybe even in particular, the way they were pursuing Jesus, the enforcers of the law. Without the accountability to a legislative body, because the Sanhedrin and the uh, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the six and six on the council, really didn't have power. The Romans had the power. They were the true enforcers. They were the ones that could put you on the cross if you violated their laws. The Jews couldn't. So they had a form of appearance, but they didn't have real power. And they didn't have real glory. And so it was fake. And here came Jesus, who did have real power, and he had the glory of his Father, and he was a spiritual man. He didn't bring war to the Romans. He didn't bring suffering to the oppressors of the Jews. Instead, he brought strength. He reached down through the water to pull many of the people who would be willing to listen to him up, including Zacchaeus, who was a publican, who was despised by the Jews. They didn't like him. And yet he was a he he claimed innocence. He, you know he t- and so the Lord went to and had dinner with him and taught the parable of the talents. And I, and I I think and I was thinking about that last night. What is the message that he was trying to share with through the parable? of the rich man. In this case, in Luke, it was a rich man who gave money to his servants to acquire a land, a large piece of land, and then asked for accountability from his servants. What was the message that he was trying to share with Zacchaeus? And I think in some ways it's the message of the spiritual journey. The spiritual journey being 
that we have many talents, what will we do with those talents? What will we do to bring others to a knowledge of glory, true glory, true power, true strength? What will we do with these talents to build a purpose, a purpose-centered life focused on Christ? And, and that was uh, some of the discussion I had with my wife is what, why did, what is the purpose of the parable of the talents? It, yes, there's the analogy of the money and the capitalization and return on investment of the money and the growth of that money and the proper usage of money. In fact, the Lord even mentioned that you could have taken the money I gave you and put it into a, an investment and gained usury off of it. At least you could have done that, but you did nothing. You were lived in fear. And as a result of that, I'm going to take what you have and give to another. The man with the, who brought back the most. And so there seemed to be a double-edged sword there. If we listen to lies, we believe those lies, and we live in fear, we will choke off our hope. And when we do that, it is as if we are stripped of all of our gifts. You know, there are people that God loves. We know that he listens to our prayers he works with us to be sober. We gain our relationships with others. But sometimes we have toxic relationships and we have to separate ourselves from those who will bring us pain. You know, it's not that the pain is bad. It's how we react to that pain. If we yield to peer pressure, if we follow the natural man, we want to be socially accepted. We don't want to depart from our peers. We want to appear to be part of the group. We do what they do. We follow the norms of the group. And with the norms of that group produce results that are toxic to us, we have to remove ourselves from that. That's the consequence of that behavior is that we, can, we realize that that behavior can no longer produce the results that we want. And if we want to have the benefits of the spiritual man, which are peace, power, and the glory of God, then we, we separate ourselves. That's the sacrifice we make. Because we can't fix ourselves totally without God's help. We can fix our behavior and we can choose how we behave and we can choose how we associate with people or who we associate with. And we know that we can't fix others. And if our happiness depends on other people, we are going to feel the codependency crazies. You know, this... 
This process can last for years. We can experience suffering for years. We can want relief. We can want God in our life. We can have amazing parents who pray for us, who love us, who desire us to feel peace. But we can still feel like we're not good enough, like we don't matter. But the truth is we do matter to God. He cared for us through his atonement to suffer for each of us, to pay for our sins. The, no matter what we've done, he's paid for it. Now, whether we receive that payment or accept that payment and trust that he can ransom us away from the demands of justice is up to us. We have to choose that. That is the spiritual journey is recognizing that we have gifts, that we have those gifts that can multiply, that can bless the lives of others, and can complete our journey to becoming like Christ. Because he was the spiritual man. He was the chosen one of Israel. He was the Messiah. And he was the one whom the Father chose to be the Savior of the world. And he did everything that his Father commanded him to do. He fulfilled all of the request of the Father. He was perfect in his obedience. And that is who we want to become. You know, if we think that God cannot help us, we're wrong. We don't have to be in a mode of fear, survival, desperation. We don't have to try to avoid pain. You know, I have prediabetes. I go out, I run my sprints every day. It's very painful. It hurts at that last 20 seconds. You feel like you can't take another step. But you know, after doing this several times, you begin to understand that that pain is going to be there. And taking those next steps and keeping pers persistent and enduring till the end is the race of life. I've lost several pounds in this process. In fact, a good friend didn't even recognize me when I came around the corner. He said, I saw this old man walking around the corner. I didn't recognize him. And it was me. You can feel comfort. You can feel peace. You can feel relief through the atonement of Christ. You can love yourself. You can feel that love. And through that love of God, 
you can expect miracles to happen. Those miracles will happen. You have to wait. You have to be patient. You have to love God. And they will happen. Because we are his children. We are the children of God. God will not give up on us. He wants these miracles to happen for us. It's important that we are prepared to receive those miracles, but when we are, we can receive them. So have hope. Have the love of God in your heart. And begin the journey of the spiritual man. Free yourself from the vices of the natural man. And multiply your talents or your gifts so that when the master asks for accountability, there is much to give back to him.